recorded during the plague year 2020 this is the andromeda minute each week we get together and talk about the all too timely 1971 robert wise directed techno thriller the andromeda strain one minute of screen time per episode i'm one of your hosts jim o'kane of tvdads.com uh the rocketeer minute the airport minute and the apollo 13 minute and i am tom taylor from the indiana jones minute the caddyshack minute Let's see, the Blues Brothers Minute, uh, ABC Devo, and uh, the Ditch Diggers. You're just everywhere, Tom. Thank you. I guess so. Gosh, I'm supposed now to be I... staying inside, so I guess I yeah. am. I'm doing all these shows. <laughs> yeah, keep that microphone clean. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, uh, we're back here in the middle of uh, the town of Piedmont and uh, wandering around in spacesuits uh, mm-hmm. looking, for, looking for a satellite. Um, I've, got, I've got to ask, uh, what's your relationship to the Andromeda strain? Have you, yeah, you've seen this movie when you were a kid, or where did, where did it come into your life? I, I think I've, oh, I know exactly when I first saw it. I first saw it in high school because it was, the book was summer reading one year, and they made a big deal about, uh, hey, you know, okay, here are the books for summer reading. Some of these have movies. Don't think that you can just watch the movie and get away with, you know, because you're supposed to take the test when you start the next yeah. year, the school year, and you get some extra points or whatever. So I made a big point. Okay, I'm just going to read the books. I, don't, I have no idea what the other books were, but I read The Andromeda Strain. I loved it. Started school, I think it was like junior year maybe, and, uh, you know, took the test, uh, probably aced it. But then like a couple weeks later, I switched English classes, and they somehow lost my test, so I had to take it again. And by then I had seen the movie, so ah. of course it totally screwed me up, and I lost a lot of points. But what ah. are you going to do? Oh, it well. was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, it, 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 it embedded itself in your memory. That's the important part. Exactly. So yeah, um, yeah. I've uh, I've seen, I saw this movie when it first. Actually, I saw this movie. It mentions it in the in the movie. It, it mentions April fourteenth, nineteen seventy one, and I happened to see it on that date that, that was crawling across the uh, the screen a few minutes ago. And, oh, nice. uh, it was kind of weird being in a theater and having today's date show up on the crawl. <laughs> Everybody kind really of looking helped. around at each other, like, yeah. well, wait a minute. <laughs> You guys update good? this every day yeah so, <laughs> uh but uh we get yeah it, and uh you know it i think it's one of those movies when it's on tv you have to watch it through to the end you know you see oh, oh i know yeah. what this movie is yeah so um not lots of uh it's this is probably one of the most beige minutes of the entire uh series I, it movie. is you don't think of just these blank kind of beige dusty uh scenes when you first think of the andromeda strain it's all like you know color-coded substations and things and but uh, this also does look like the Entropodus train because they got cool spacesuits on. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, I, tr- I was trying to think of other. I mean, we've seen later movies like Outbreak and Contagion and things like that where they they have other kinds of spacesuits on Earth. But I was trying mm-hmm. to think of anyone earlier other than um, the day the Earth stood still. I think is the only one I could think of where somebody had on a spacesuit and they wandered around on Earth, Michael Rennie. But uh, oh yeah, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other space-suited humans on Earth or human-looking people on Earth with uh, with suits on. Before this, you mean, or just ever? Yeah, bef- well, yeah, before be- this, yeah. After, yeah. They're, they're around. I mean, it's mostly just hazmat. I mean, this is this is the 70s version of a hazmat suit. <laughs> right, right. So um, we go into uh, uh, Dr. Alan Benedict's office here as we're, we're walking around. I, I was trying to figure out if there's any uh meaning to his name you know his name is alan benedict it sounds like benedict arnold i, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> oh yeah he betrayed the human race by yeah. opening this capsule yeah they should have called him like dr uh, p andora or something uh, <laughs> yeah i was trying to think of you know that at, at first i mean you, they come in they kind of 
disparage the guy. Ah, oh, the idiot, he opened it up. Crazy, yeah. stupid country doctor. And it made me think, well, I guess if I found this thing and I lived in a town of 60 people and one of them was the doctor, like assuming you don't have like a professor or somebody like from Gilligan's Island or elsewhere, you'd probably take it to the doctor. Like the doctor would probably be the guy. He's like, the, he's the scientist. He's the closest thing to a scientist you're going to have in town. And maybe that makes sense, I guess. Because that's, that's kind of like what happens on like, you know, yeah, like on Gilligan's Island or... I don't know what other shows. There's always like the doctor. You would take stuff to the doctor. I guess yeah, the, the, the professor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, he's, but um, not Star Trek. Star Trek is the only show where you don't immediately go to the doctor when you find something strange, like a space capsule. Yeah, no. The doctor in that case is the only time when you're uh, when you're fighting for uh, your betrothed and you need a triox compound. I think that's the only time exactly. I really need a doctor. Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out. He doesn't seem to have a phone in his office. I was looking. I've looked oh, around weird. at several pictures. And I guess they would send somebody over to him. I don't know what you know what the economic makeup was of Piedmont, but I would have thought they would have at least had one telephone, and he might have called the state police or somebody. Yeah, it's not a huge town, I guess. So yeah, in terms of like, oh, I've got pneumonia, I need to shuffle on over to the doctor's house yeah. and let him know I need some medical attention. But yeah, you're right. Like, how do they get other help? How do they call, you know, George over in Fairvale to come on over and help out? Yeah. He, uh, any idea on what that large uh, electric box is that's uh, just by the front door of his office? I, I was trying to figure out. Oh, is it a? You know, it looks kind of like the th oh. kind of thing you'd put. A, it would be a scale. You get on in front of it and put a coin in and try to get your weight. <laughs> you mean like right to the uh, to the to right say, as we're looking at it? To that, the, that's the right. Door. Yeah, yeah. It's next to his little black bag on a. On I want to say that's like some kind of old timey like radio or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like an metal off an Annie. Yeah, he's that kind so, of thing. yeah put on Fibber McGee while he's uh, examining. <laughs> yeah, he's got that gigantic uh, examination table with the stirrups, kind of a uh, frightening looking. God, yeah, yeah, it's very comfortable. And uh, so he's he's had time in opening it up. He he opened it up and then he managed to make it back to his chair at least. That's what I was wondering. That seems odd because everybody. It seems like it was so instantaneous from by all accounts that he had time to not even just not like decide to go back to his desk too and sit yeah. down you know it yeah. wasn't like uh, uh what have i done i better go sit down yeah very, very peculiar i mean maybe yeah. it was maybe the pipe smoke uh protected him somehow he's got as far as i can tell he's got <laughs> yeah. four pipes in the little pipe holder and then oh, he's wow. got one in the ashtray oh yeah um, so quite a, a five pipe a day guy i don't i don't know what that maybe is maybe that's what it's, turned his blood to yeah ash <laughs> <laughs> very peculiar but uh, yeah. he does we walk in and there there finally is scoop seven that we've been hearing about all this all this time yeah and uh we get the uh i have to invoke uh the movie citizen kane uh but we get a, a ceiling shot uh oh yeah uh, you know as robert wise was part of the citizen kane uh thing so he was he was an editor i'm just wondering if that ceiling was made out of canvas and they had microphones hidden in it but that really, <laughs> really wouldn't do much when you're wearing a helmet right um, but uh, beautiful. The first first time we get a look inside the scoop capsule, and I I really admire the design of it. It looks like I, I, like a Micronite filter from a Kent cigarette or something. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, like, do we? I haven't like studied the science behind this movie or anything. But is that the kind of thing that would possibly be shot into space to hopefully collect some particles of something or other? 
you know, it, it bears a, a strongly resemblance, uh, and we've been talking about this through, throughout the series. Uh, there was a spy satellite that was built. Uh, the, the civilian name for it was Discoverer, the Discoverer series. Um, but the, the military name of it, it was a, uh, it was a reconnaissance uh, ship that looked not too dissimilar to this. It kind of looked like a big bucket. And mm. uh, the spy satellite was, ironically enough, named the Corona satellite. <laughs> and uh, Corona had a it, it wasn't there to collect things out of space. It was they people were told for the civilian side of it that it was collect upper atmosphere samples, but actually it was it was a gigantic camera that was full of about two miles of film, Whoa. and uh, and it had a a, a giant reentry uh, bucket on the other side of it, which was very similar to the way this uh, this scoop mission looks. Huh. And uh, and then we'd have a parachute at the top. That's I was I was hoping to see somewhere in this that we'd see a parachute that had come with it. Maybe that's what he has it set on top of. That might have been like the parachute. And um, oh, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's curious. It's an interesting, an interesting rig that they have there. I mean, it looks like those old uh, VGA monitor plug. You know, fifteen pin right there. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that's like the telemetry for the rest of the rocket. And you can see that nice that nice hinge that opened up that would probably open up in orbit while it was collecting samples. Um, oh, interesting! I never thought of that. Yeah, so it that's, seems like a very uh, I don't know, very like household kind of hinge. <laughs> you know, like yeah, like, yeah, uh, it looks like like time to open my space capsule. Just like open that, it up for a little bit, scoop some disease out, seal it yeah, back up. That's where the uh, the oil filter goes, or something. You know, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it looks it, and it looks re replaceable. Like they could go in and okay, let's launch it again. We'll put in a new filter and off it goes. <laughs> right. Um, this, might, this might have been scoops one through six. Uh, Maybe. But, uh, it's a beautiful design. I really like. I mean, it, you you can accept the fact that it came from outer space somehow. That it, it looks like yeah. like something, and it doesn't look uh, weirdly futuristic. It looks very practical. Yeah, yeah. There's not blinking lights. Yeah. So somebody probably somewhere had to be told not to put blinking lights on it. Yeah. So no, yeah. no, no, no. Let's let's keep it real. I'm trying to figure out as they're setting up the as they're setting up the the, the props that for uh, Dr. Benedict here, he's got a book open. Um, don't know what the book could possibly mm. be. It's like some kind of a weights and measures thing, or I, I was, I've been trying to zoom in and look at it, but I just can't make it out. Huh. Could be his diary, his journal. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided to stand up and open up this thing. <laughs> dot dot dot. Putting my pipe down to think about it. <laughs> that guy, the doctor, is an incredible dead person rigor mortis actor. Like yeah. he does a fantastic that's like a it's like a trust fall or something that he does as as the, as the <laughs> guy's laying him down. Yeah, and, and having somebody with rubber gloves stick their hands in your eyeballs, uh, <laughs> yeah. very impressive. I mean that's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, this looks, I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, one one take Charlie or whatever, but he really does a, a splendid job of, of being a corpse. Yeah. Um, I don't I, think I could do that. No, that that part where they where they start where uh, James Olsen is leaning him forward, I don't think my face could come that close to the floor without <laughs> screaming. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess there isn't a Mrs. Benedict, or she is. She wasn't in the room. Um, I guess not. No. I was trying to see if there's any like you know feminine touches or that he's household, but he just seems like a a man alone. This is his place. Maybe you know yeah. she might have you know a nice uh, study elsewhere in the house or something. But this is this is his place. Yeah, yeah. Dad, dad's work, dad's home office. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh yeah it's very very peculiar. And it, from the the clock on the wall says that it's about six o'clock. 
which I don't mm. know. It doesn't feel like six. Well, hard to, hard to tell. It could be daylight savings. I don't know. It just seems very late in the weird. day to be doing this stuff. Do they mention the time earlier when they're talking about, like, you know, when the helicopter pilots dropping them off and stuff? Well, they said the when the helicopter takes off, it says second day. So we don't know. They were flying from, I'm assuming, Vandenberg Air Force Base. They, they're flying from Vandenberg Air Force Base to Piedmont, which is somewhere in northwest uh, New Mexico. Um, and I don't, I don't know where. Like, that would seem like it would be a couple of hours flight by helicopter. Yeah. So I don't know. I would think hmm. that, you know, of course, his, his clock might be winding down. It might actually be 6 a.m. You know, it, uh, the clock says 6 a.m. when it could be like. <laughs> right. Or so. He was about uh, to wind it when instead he opened up the capsule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to his folly. Now, uh, the reason I brought you on this particular minute is because <laughs> this, this is, for some reason, your favorite minute. <laughs> I don't even know if it's my favorite, but it's the one <laughs> I always go to first. It's, it's the memorable <laughs> one where... Uh, where one doctor turns to another doctor and said, "Here, have a look at his buttocks." <laughs> um, it's. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. You know, uh, Doctor Stone uh, is processing all this. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing that comes out of his mouth is that's not funny. That's what. That's the. That's the amazing part of that exchange is that you know, in his like he has to say to Hall, "That's not funny." So enough of him is thinking that Hall is making a joke right now. Yeah. So like, what is he? What is he? Th- like, what is what is Stone thinking? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> the guy just took yeah. the dude's pants off and told me to look at his butt. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, is it going to be like, let's go down and pants the whole town? Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's only it's, sixty uh... people. Let's go. How long could it possibly take? <laughs> it's like a dream come true. Uh, <laughs> Party. Uh, you know, and in, and in the book, uh, as you as you read in in, in high school, mm-hmm. the uh, in the book. Uh, he said, uh, "Help me take his pants off. I want to check the livity." And, oh, really? Uh, and it's just, and it's like, oh, okay. But you know, yeah. it's like they skip over all this part. But I'm just wondering if it was it the was it the screenwriter? Was it was it the director? Who who was it that said, "Hey, you know, this will be a, a great scene for a setup." Yeah. And uh, we need a classic gag right here. Nice yeah. butt gag. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, let's do the yeah the slowest th- slowest uh, Three Stooges routine ever. Um, <laughs> And we never really determined what, like, Dr. Stone is a doctor, but we don't know what he's a doctor of. I don't think he's a medical doctor. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem, like, I don't, yeah. The, well, they don't really say, do they? That's crazy. No. And, I mean, he wrote he wrote a letter for, uh, from, his, he works at Berkeley. He's in the, you know, Lawrence Livermore area. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he said that they need to worry about biological hazards. So I'm assuming that he's at least a microbiologist. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's definitely got all of that. I mean, they all seem to have a strong understanding of that stuff, but yeah. he may be more than any of them. Yeah, it's just never quite clear how much medical information he has. And Hall is their only doctor. He's, I mean, mm-hmm. the only medical doctor. Right. So um, I'm not sure what other information he thinks they're supposed to be collecting. It, it, it's like he's, go, he's going into town to... Um, acquire this satellite that's job number one is get the satellite mm-hmm. but hall's on a whole different mission he's trying to figure out well what happened what's the you know what's the ep- epidemiology of, of this thing? yeah and stone must get that and appreciate that you know yeah. like he he probably I, I i guess part of why he brought him is because he's the first guy who he has available the first member of the team yeah other than himself um yeah. but it probably makes sense to have a, a medical doctor there if you're going to be dealing with a lot of dead bodies you don't know how they died yeah, um, I'm just surprised at how small the uh, 
I mean, I guess he wanted to keep the uh, the, uh, the fatalities to a minimum, but I would think he'd want to drop a whole bunch of guys in. You know, just you need a photo like nobody's photographing any of this stuff uh, other than true. from yeah. from the from the jet. Um, but they don't seem to have much of a crew on the ground trying to figure this stuff out. And they do have all those people at Wildfire who are, you know, they've been there apparently year round waiting for something to happen. Like they could come out and stretch their legs and yeah, be part of this, you know, away mission. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like I, I, there doesn't seem to be enough of a crew. That, that's what I'm, I'm puzzled. Yeah. About. But then if we had more of a crew, then it, it, it'd be too confusing, I guess. There's something nice and creepy about two guys in spacesuits checking out a small town where everybody's dead. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it has a, I mean, it wouldn't come until later, but he has a, a Stephen King quality about it, too. It's, yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, it also, I think it accentuates the uh, enormity the, uh, of of this problem. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's just these two guys. They have to, you know, <laughs> they got to be really wicked smart to... Uh, to come up with stuff about this yeah yeah and like a really limited amount of time too yeah like they're always um, watching the clock in this movie yeah i mean he's got i don't know if they could just if that dempsey fellow could drop them down more uh, oxygen bottles or not but i don't it doesn't look like it it's, it looks like they'd have to go back to base or something and and plug in yeah you do kind of wish that they could leave somebody there to keep checking out stuff like yeah at, like in the hour or whatever they were there they find an old man and a baby who are alive and who knows what else they would find yeah, and it seems like uh, you know they got they got to get out of there before the atom bomb comes. The seven twelve is coming, right? So it and like that's kind of a given. It's like oh yeah, we're gonna drop a bomb on here and uh, violate a, a couple of dozen treaties, but yeah. it'll be you know let's let's hurry up and do <laughs> right. that. We'll also wait until you leave. Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> promise not to drop it on you. Wow. Well, there's more uh, more evidence to collect and more things to uh, to ponder while they're while they're walk, walking around. And also, Hall has to explain himself to Doctor Stone about why he's pulling down. <laughs> right. I'm not a pervert. People's... Yeah. No, it's okay. It's totally legit. <laughs> I'm so, a doctor. Uh, wow. Well, let's pick this up on the on our next episode. Um, for folks who want to follow previous episodes, if you missed the first half hour of the show, uh, there's plenty of them out there at our big site andramadaminute.com. You can also find us on uh, all those typical podcasting locations like uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Oh, gosh, you know, you know the drill. Tune in and Spotify, all those other places. Uh, if you'd like to talk back with us, we are always on uh, social media at Project Wildfire on Facebook and Andromeda Minute on Twitter. So uh, please, you know, drop by and uh, send us a note. Let us know what, what you're thinking of as you're as you're listening to all this stuff. And hopefully you've all seen the movie because this is really worth worth seeing. Oh, yeah. Tom, Tom where can people find your entertaining uh, voice? They can find my entertaining voice over at uh, the Indiana Jones Minute.com. That's where me and my friends uh, Pete and Jerry uh, review all the Indiana Jones movies one minute at a time. Um, you can also find me with my other friends Mike and Dan at CaddyshackMinute.com and BluesBrosMinute.com where we do Caddyshack and the Blues Brothers in very similar fashion. Cool. Wow. Well, uh, definitely check those out. And uh, please, while you're waiting here uh, through all this, all this plague here, uh, try to please wash your hands at all times. Keep a safe distance and we'll all get through this together. Uh, but join us back here on Wednesday when we'll listen to more about the Andromeda strain here on the Andromeda Minute. Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here. <laughs>